Hey everyone, Philosopher here, and thank you for tuning in to FGC Philosophy. Uh, this has always been a podcast where it's about leveling up inside and outside the virtual arena. And right now, it's less focused on video games and more focused on current events and what's going on in our country and even our world. Uh, I've had my friend, some guy, on the last couple of episodes. He's someone that I can talk to on a, a myriad of topics, who's very educated, who's doing very well in his own life uh, professionally, and I've uh, just always valued having conversations with him. So this is another conversation talking about freedom of speech, censorship, and the concept of trust in media. Who can you trust? What sources can you trust? And how do you know if those sources are accurate and continuing to have this conversation uh, online with what's right, what's wrong, who's got the right solution, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we've all seen it on social media, on our feeds, on the nudes, uh, but I want to have a conversation about it because it's a very serious issue. And as someone who tends to be uh, somewhere in the middle, not a Democrat, not a Republican, um, I wanted to have this conversation with a friend and he brought up the topic. I thought it was great. So this is going to be uh, that conversation. Thank you guys so much. And I appreciate the support. And of course, I hope you enjoy the show so i don't really have a good introduction for this topic mm -hmm. uh, but it is something that is you know quite topical at the moment um, the fact that everyone has their own believable sources uh, and if they don't believe it, then nowadays it's typically labeled as fake news or uncredible or, you know, any, any form, any way you want to unjustify a source, you can do it. And you can look at any of the top media right now, or even in social media, there are, I guess, I don't know if you would call them bad players or just bad sources but mm, like provocateurs reality, yeah yeah exactly the reality is that who can you trust you don't know who you can trust and who is playing off of your feelings and emotions right to make you come to a conclusion that is you know wrong or swayed maybe not even completely wrong but like The, the point is, how do we dive down into our sources and know if we're being lied to or not? And that's what I wanted to talk about this week. I think that's a good topic. Uh, I've, I've struggled with this topic for a while now because it seems like most people are willing to believe their sources and don't... I don't understand the duality of it because they're aware that there definitely is fake news, but they think that their news is the right news. And I, I don't know how to have conversations or approach this topic with people because it, it's like talking to someone who's like deathly religious, religious about something. And it's like their, their go-to argument is faith. And it's like, you're allowed to have faith. That's perfectly fine. But when it comes to something that involves facts and, and reason, the fact that you're you're being unreasonable and wanting to believe your source of information without any um, uh, evidence, even though it, sometimes they think they have some sort of evidence or they have an argument as to why, it's like no, um, you you don't have a valid argument. You just trust them because of whatever reason, because you've used them for so long, or people you know use them. Um, 
sometimes there are, there are factual things. Definitely, I'm not denying that. But every major news source has been multiple times over multiple years, not just recently, just over long periods of years, uh, put out stories that are definitely false. Sometimes they take credit and they take it down or they correct themselves and sometimes they just leave it up there because they know that they can make another article correcting themselves and rather than taking down the false information they leave it up and then they just make another article around the same topic. Uh, both major party news outlets do this, YouTubers do this, uh, bloggers do this and it's to me it's incredibly dangerous because we're getting to a point to where we're destroying, we're, we're we're messing ourselves up. We're shooting ourselves in the foot because I love the freedom of speech. I love being able to express ourselves however we want. But I think that's slowly getting more justifiable as to why we need to censor people. Um, but there's, I don't believe there's a, a smart way to censor people without infringing on, like, without stifling the voice of people who could do good. Um, I don't know if it's worth that risk. But I don't know how else we can really control when there's like people out there intentionally putting out bad information or even worse, they think they're right, but they're not. It's like the, the righteous religious zealot that is willing to kill people in the name of God because they hear a voice in their head and they're going to do something dangerous because they think they're morally justified. Those people are just as scary because they don't know that they're doing wrong. They think they're doing good. Um, so they're out here spreading the word of all this stuff and they're just, you know, either brainwashed or, or crazy. I don't know. I don't know what it is, um, but it's it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And it puts puts you in a very strange uh, predicament society wise. You know, what I mean, like we uh, yeah, we don't have a good method of pinpointing where to draw the line of freedom of speech versus freedom to disinform, misinform. Yeah, um, and uh, honestly, I you know I believe in the freedom of speech wholeheartedly, and I would not want someone to tell me that we couldn't have this conversation, or I wouldn't want to be fearing my life because of the conversation that we're having. Mm -hmm. But I also don't like the idea that you know people can post blatant misinformation day in and day out, and the people that see that day in and day out will eventually become desensitized to it whether or not they believe it, it it becomes more likely that they will the more they see it it's a it's programming right yeah. the, the original television program was essentially there to pacify a population that doesn't really have a whole lot else going for them mm -hmm. um, something else that I found interesting over a recent uh, weeks and months. Uh, I, I want to see if I can find some studies on this because this is more of just a personal study, but um, generationally, the older the generation, the more susceptible they are to fake news versus younger generations. Um, they're, they're more understanding that people intentionally put misinformation out there because it's part of their culture. Um, if you look at like our, the generation younger than us, the, the, the generation Z, they have a culture where memes and gifs are part of their average language like not just online but offline they they use the term poggers or they, they use these terms that started online offline that can express complex feelings and ideas and concepts but like with just one word you know it's like oh that was amazing what just happened uh, no poggers like that just covers a whole 
expletive of, of feelings or feels bad man you know it's like there's more to it than just that but they they know it in a language that we don't but like also with memes and gifts they, they just have this expectation that you have to double and triple check your sources because they they know that people uh, put misinformation out there it's like for me as well i I watched a tutorial on how to do something and then I watched two more tutorials to see like uh oh it was jumping my car I was like I heard something about jumping your car that I never knew about so I was like okay well let me check a video then I let me check two more videos to see if that's what that person does it's just it's common sense but the older generations um one they're more used to standard sources like Fox News CNN that kind of stuff um but they they don't double and triple check their sources they take it for face value and that's that's really it i don't have a study in front of me or anything like that just yet if i find one i'll post it in the show notes but uh, that's something i've observed personally and that seems to be the case with many of the people that i know or, or people that i know and their parents or older people in their life um, so i think that's also interesting um, and it's not like a left or a right thing i think both sides are very susceptible to this. Uh, oh, Democrats and Republicans. No one's safe. Doesn't Wait. matter what a, what your creed is. It's uh, you're still susceptible to your um, what, what what is the term? Your your, your biases. Yeah, your uh, there, there's a term for this. Uh, I can't think of it. Hmm. It's it, it, it's essentially your your Google search history bubble. So like whatever Google oh. thinks the answer that you're looking for is not necessarily the, the correct answer, but like the one that most neatly fits your search history. Yeah, is the one that'll appear first. My YouTube you search know, history is all jacked up right now. <laughs> I've got left wing and right wing sources all like recommended all over the place, and then well, I have I mean, like it's just not one direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have like <laughs> it's so eclectic right now because my son also uses my YouTube sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I have like weird car videos and kid shows, and then I have like theist versus uh, atheist, and then I have like Jordan Peterson, and then I have like uh, freaking Bernie Sanders on it, like just just a bunch of different recommendations. It's kind of nuts. But um, one thing that I think is still relevant to this topic that may also fit into its own is uh, how do I how do I explain this topic? How do I talk about this the concept of one source of information being split into two based off of perception and i'll give you an example to kind of help illustrate it Uh, i would call that conversation in general (laughs) yes yeah you're right but like it, it just it sucks because you take like the the presidential debates and it already a debate can be incredibly subjective if you don't have any ground rules and i don't really think they set any objective in terms of who wins and who loses so already it's very very ambiguous um and i want to pick a better source i want to pick something else besides a debate because that's too that's too subjective um we can bounce back to that if if need be but i want to talk about like a news outlet where they're talking about oh oh voter fraud um it's like I'm trying to think of a, a very, very specific example, and I can't think of one. But you take you take any news, right? And it's like the the voters are there, there's voters that are like committing fraud, and there's one side that's like, oh, clearly it's Republicans that are cheating, trying to get Donald Trump in office, and then oh, 
obviously it's the republic uh, the democrats trying to get biden in office and it's like there these are in smaller instances in terms of voter fraud but this kind of stuff happens where um a news outlet reports some news they may not give you all the information just enough for you to create your own picture in your head and then you have these two percent two or more perceptions that they take the story and they make it their own and they make it think they fit it into their their box that you were just talking about um and it's incredibly concerning and frustrating that one piece of information can be split into at least two ways of seeing it and comprehending it that way that end up on two separate ends of the spectrum so you have like the republicans and the democrats just to kind of make things shorter in explanation it's like you categorize these two parties um they take that information and they did i don't understand how you can take that and think that your way of seeing it is right their way of seeing it is wrong and not realize that that's happening on a consistent basis on a consistent cycle where it's like um a lot of times it's the same situation but you'll have fox news and cnn covering the same story and flipping it for their political party for their political agenda to fit their narrative exactly i i don't get how most people don't notice i mean i guess most people don't watch left and right wing media or watch sources that that quote both parties uh media um but uh, i can see i wish i could think of an example right now because i was thinking about this all week um when you brought this topic but um i none come to mind specifically right now maybe i'll, I'll search up some in a little bit but it's just like i i urge you to like watch Look at a story that you know of and then watch what the opposite party, how they report that story and how they report it to the party. And it's like, it gets really scary because you realize that they are indeed creating a narrative because I'm neither. So I don't really have a, ho- I, I have a dog in this fight or a horse in this fight, whatever the saying is, but it's not from the perspective never of either of, major party. It's from a minority. A, you know? What's that? I've never heard of a horse fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty intense, honestly. There's hooves and stuff. <laughs> but um but no like i i think that watching it from my point of view i talked about this in the last podcast is that i you know i'm, I'm neither so i i look and i'm like man these guys are both doing some stupid stuff they're saying some stupid stuff and so from my point of view it's like very clear that you know cnn fox news um other other major media outlets and even even some of the smaller ones like youtubers tommy Lahren. i watched a debate between tommy Lahren and uh, Brian, Brian Tyler Cohen or something like that. He's a he's a young YouTuber. He's like a liber, liberal version of of, of Tommy Lahren. Um, I'm sure I'm going to make some people mad by saying that, but she, he's just like his party is the right party, and he's going to die with this ship. And so he, every time he has an opportunity to dunk on a a, a liberal uh, Republican, he's going to. And so I watched this debate between the both of them, and you know I feel like everyone knows who Tommy Lahren is. She's like this this pretty blonde aggressive woman that's just like incredibly condescending and aggressive when she like likes to debate people and brian tried to tried to do this uh i'll have to find this debate because this is actually a really interesting one to watch like right out the gate you know he gets the opening word and then after he makes a statement he just like does this 90 degree turn where he's like oh by the way like he's granted he's not talking about this topic he's like you know, I'm talking about this topic and why I'm right. And then, oh, by the way, I looked at your social media feed. You didn't tweet like 20 times. Like you tweeted this thing 20 times on this topic that is irrelevant. Like clearly you're a scumbag. And so it's just like he he does this really scumbaggy tactic of like, here's my point. Now that I have a little bit of free time, let me insult your, your point. Let me insult your character by talking about your social media feed. Um, and she at this point hadn't really said anything to him to warrant this kind of attack nor would it be acceptable 
because it's a debate about who's right and who's wrong. And I don't understand why right out of the gate this guy is taking a jab at her. And it's like, I don't like Tommy Laren. I really don't. But I think that just because you don't like somebody, you need to check yourself um, so that you you don't miss somebody on your side doing something wrong. Because like any person that's on your side that is spouting news or, 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 or defending your point of view and isn't doing it honorably, it's a detriment to your to your point of view. You know, that's why I, I get on to, you know, other black people who are doing things that, you know, I'm not going to get mad at them for, you know, adhering to a stereotype of that's who they truly are. But there's people who go about handling things that makes the rest of us look bad. And it's like not about being inauthentic or anything like that. But to, to get back on point on the main topic, it's like people will take news. There, there's outlets that take news and flip the story to their agenda and then there's also people who will take the news and perceive it towards their agenda so there's two different like levels there's the media themselves and then there's also the people that choose to take it and twist it towards their own uh, political agenda or point of view yeah yeah no, I, uh, I I agree um, and so uh, you know obviously we're not going to have an answer to the no. question of which source can you trust the the idea here is to make you question the sources that you do trust like has anyone asked you like how you know that your source is right or how do you know that your source is not lying to you like mm -hmm. have you actually heard anyone question their own sources besides me no but yeah and, and that's the thing is like I don't and it's even it's difficult to even begin to ask someone that like I've, I've seen interviews where people are out at um, these rallies and, you know, obviously they're from the opposite side and they'll be talking to someone. And then as soon as like, like the conversation will get heated and then the reporter will typically just kind of step away. And like, you know, obviously for that kind of leads to a bias of like, well, we're done talking to that person because they're no longer feeding our narrative. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's messed up it really is like steven no, crowder has a habit of doing that hmm. there's just no good way to know yeah uh, i do like you know I, I do like how certain social media platforms are doing like uh fact checking yeah i feel like that is helpful i don't know if that's the be all end all it's a band-aid uh, but it's a start solution. Yeah, it's, at least it's something, right? Mm -hmm. um, I so so. How would you feel like even with freedom of speech? I feel like that does not like there are certain limits to that. Like we we know that there are limits to that. Uh, yelling fire in a crowded theater—that's a pretty common thing. Like, oh yeah, you can't do that because you know you can hurt people. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. It's just, you know, how long does it take for that hurt to come through? It's a good question. Yelling, yelling fire in a theater, it's pretty immediate. You know, you, you can you could start a riot and have some people get trampled to death. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, saying that voter fraud is rampant. Well, you could start a riot and, you know, maybe people don't get trampled immediately, but, like, they gather in mass and then... 15 people die from this pandemic that we're in like 
you know, like who who's responsible for that? It's the yeah. same voice, the same freedom of speech that was. Or like the slow burn example is like that same, you know, someone's yelling voter fraud. It's not true or it is, or, or they're doing it in a way that's not productive that delays the election, you know, because people have to verify what is and isn't true. It causes division, uh, which means that our country is more divided and there's more friction. And that's that's a slow burn. But it's like, what's more dangerous? People being immediately angry and then forgetting about it because they're incredibly easily distracted creatures or um, continuing to slowly drip anger into them every day and make them paranoid of their own like media sources, of their own people, uh, you know, own Americans. You know, regardless of their political party, it's like just people who are repulsed by others because of their political affiliation at this point. You know, it's not necessarily new, but the numbers are climbing. And and, and that's like to get back to your point of uh, of freedom of speech. Um, how you have stuff like that where it's more invisible. It's like, is, is am I being paranoid in that example or is that a realistic thing where it's like someone is doing something to cause friction? Friction in a country is not a good thing because we become more vulnerable to outside enemies or to internal attack um, or coups and stuff like that. And that's those aren't fun. Like people people perceive a coup and it's like, yeah, you know, we're gonna have progress. It's gonna be a revolution. It's like maybe that that you need to take into consideration all the things that happen down the line during a revolution if that's something you truly truly want, or do you just want change so bad that like you're not willing to see all the steps there uh but the other other point i wanted to hit in terms of freedom of speech and like uh infringing on someone else's rights or causing harm to other is that that line of harm is moving continually because we're learning more about mental health and it seems like the more we learn about mental health the more forgiving we are of certain behaviors but i also think that the more what's a non i don't know how to say this we we become very lenient on on mental health as well in terms of like there's times where i think we need to challenge ourselves more in terms of mental health and and how we we handle stress and stuff like that like i know from my my own example isn't the only example but just there's times where i need to kick in the ass to be like hey like you need to suck it up and start moving forward and get stuff done otherwise a b and c are gonna happen i'm not saying that's the that's the solution for every single person but sometimes a gentle hand isn't always the, the best result for people it's like i played football sometimes you know football and karate sometimes there are people who are like you know you need a drill sergeant pushing you to do your best but you can't you can't do that on a countrywide scale but um my, my point in saying this is that we don't know the line of of uh infringing on someone else's like rights or comfort or or uh dangers is changing because me saying something could be a danger to your life now because you're so emotionally sensitive that it might trigger you to trigger you to do something dangerous right that's that's my point is that like i might say something that is within my rights to express myself but because you don't have the faculties to handle your own emotions i become a danger to you how do you censor that right and I'm not saying that in a rhetorical way. Like, if you have a, if you have a thought in your mind, like, uh, I don't I don't know if that sounds relevant to what you're talking about, but in my mind, it's like, it, that's the next level. It's like, okay, yelling fire, very very obvious. Like, you deserve to get punished in my mind because you're you're doing something. It's immediate. You see the results. But like, if I say I hate your face, you know, <laughs> uh, that's my opinion. That's my right to say it. But then you go do something that um, it, you can't return from. 
and that spark was me. Yeah. Um, there are times where so, I will be reprimanded for that. Right. So, but that that seems like to me that seems like there's probably underlying issues that are being avoided. Mm-hmm. Like you may be the straw that broke the camel's back in that scenario. Yes. But for most people, that wouldn't be an issue. You know, I hit your face. Okay, dude. Whatever. You know, like. But you know, if if you're saying that you know this person has like a history of like mental illness, mm-hmm. then you know that it's not necessarily your fault. There's like a history of mental illness that th- th- this is a completely another topic, by the yeah. way, that we could go into is the lack of care for mental illness in this country. Mm. We just don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's, are you sick on the outside? No, but then we don't care. Well, actually, we don't even care at that point either because we don't have health insurance you know like we don't have like any sort of country ran health insurance i mean we you know we have like obamacare but like that's that's a band-aid mm-hmm. yeah no I, I need to write this down because that, that is a topic that i think we could definitely delve into because like i'm getting ideas as you're talking about this and i don't want to yeah. tangent too hard <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, yeah no. and, and that's why i even said that i was like this is probably a whole nother topic we should delve into mm-hmm. um but my my point is that that's not necessarily the like in that scenario you're not the reason you're not the, the initial cause of harm um whereas something like yelling fire in a theater that's that is the sort like no one died because they um were, you know you wouldn't blame it on someone who was in a walker um, and got trampled in a fire, like someone yelling fire. That's still the person's fault who yelled fire. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter any pre-existing conditions in that scenario, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but in your scenario, I feel like it's different because you may not know that. You know what I mean? Like, that's my the, point. The intention is not necessarily there. Well, th- that's what I'm getting at with with um like cancel culture is getting to this point um because i I see this very regularly in like the fgc and in other communities as well where we're getting to this point to where we can't say things because they're offensive and uh, people are losing jobs or losing their reputation um, or losing their status because of it Uh, and i i don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's only a matter of time before you know they start demanding legal action take happen for these things um and it, it could be a youtuber or it could be a news outlet um there there are certain groups of people who are incredibly sensitive to opinions that aren't theirs and it they're getting to the point to where they are asking for legal action and probably in other countries in terms of like how they how you use uh, language and such and um that's my point though is that like when you're talking about that was just a straw that broke the camel's back Context seems to be mattering a lot less, and it's more about who who's offended and why they're offended, more so than what the intention of the original person was. Uh, and that's that's very concerning to me. Uh, even though there are people that I, I strongly dislike and I wish they would shut up, uh, there are also people that get lumped into that that have valid things to say. I may not agree with everything they say, but they're being labeled. You know, it's not it's not necessarily legal action, but they're being labeled as a certain kind of person and they're not being heard. Um, 
because there are certain opinions that people don't either fully understand or don't like and don't want anybody else hearing it. And um, that's not necessarily like legal action or, or, or having some sort of law being created, but it's social, it's social ostracization. You know, it's, it's social uh, justice. I, well, so I guess yeah. that's why they call it social justice warriors. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, did, did you, you watch Black Mirror, correct? I haven't finished the last season, but I've watched everything, including um, Bandersnatch. Okay. Um, isn't there an episode where someone gets, like, it's more or less they're ostracized, but, like, to the extent of where, like, they're walking down the street and people can't see their face. They're just kind of like a blur. Oh, yeah, the social media episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, like, so five that, stars or something. That's, like, season one or season two, yeah. That's essentially what you're talking about. They're being silenced, and, like, their presence is no longer there they kind of blend in with the background yeah and like the other scary part to that you know is it's not just the fact that they're ostracizing somebody because that could be a tool for good like if you have an asshole and he's doing these things and you don't want him to be part of the community great however what what gets scary is that most people are, are brainwashed by media and marketing and like they want what they want because it's immediately in front of them like video games music fashion like all these things that we idolize are because they're put in front of us in front of our tv screens our phones our 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 computers um and it's not i don't believe it's fully based on morals and and proper reason it's just how they feel in the moment and everyone else does it and they hop on and now you have this scary like situation where people are censoring other upstanding citizens because they don't like what they're what they're hearing you know does that make sense right. No, that absolutely makes sense. It's like if someone was offended by one of our conversations. Right. And yeah. my, my The point of this conversation is for me to express how I feel about something, you know, talk to someone else who, who can be objective about the situation and play devil's advocate, um, have people share their input in terms of like, hey, you're wrong and here's why, or yeah, I agree with you and here's why and here's my experience. And, and like have a conversation where we're learning about stuff because maybe there's information that I don't know about that dismisses something that I'm saying or I believe and it, it's it's validated information and then I can have a conversation about that and correct myself and share that corrected information um, in like a, a later podcast or online or whatever but there are people who are like I don't hear I don't like what I'm hearing I am currently offended and since I can't take legal action I'm going to do the next best thing which is ostracize you and make you look terrible uh, and that's like the news outlet. People are doing that. Like the president is doing that with the news. Like the president of our United States is doing that same thing with our news. I don't like what you're saying, so your your points are invalid. Because now he's doing it on Fox News. Like if you look at Fo like look at right wing media right now, they are throwing Trump under the bus hard. There are a lot of people who are like, no, this isn't true. Like they're getting frustrated because it's like they had to lie for so long, and now it's like, okay, look, he lost. Uh, he, there's not really any valid information that you're giving me in terms of why you think voter fraud is a thing. Like, here, give me some information, give me some facts, because you're like, you're asking these news outlets to continue to lie about something that, like, the other half of the country already knows is not true. It's like, you can only do this for so long, and since Trump isn't the president anymore, it's like, people are afraid of him less and less. So it's like, look, you lost? Stop trying to bring us down with you? You know, uh, we gotta do this. So, like, you look, you'll see... Like, um, not Nancy Pelosi, uh, Ann Coulter, I think? I forget, there's, there's several different instances of this, you can find it really easily, of just, like, Republican people um, being interviewed, uh, like, Fox News being like, no, like, 
that's not verified. That's not verified information. That's not true. Um, so again, like if, if we wonder why, you know, in these last four years, why it's been such a huge issue in terms of why media isn't trustworthy. Uh, one, because they aren't sometimes they, they get things wrong and they don't seem to admit that, you know, going back to our last conversation of people being afraid to flip flop or, or like change their opinion or, or be wrong. We, we have that perception right now, but also our president <laughs> is currently doing that for like the last four years of like, first he discredited left-wing media, uh, liberal media, you know, over the last four years saying it's fake news and all that kind of stuff and making that term popular. He didn't, he didn't coin it, but he made it popular. Uh, and now that he's not getting his way with their election, he's, he's throwing his own people under the bus. Uh, and they're trying to throw him under the bus because it's like, okay, all right, well, uh, why, why continue to support you if you're going to like insult us? So it's, um, we're doing it at, at the tippy top level. And I see how that bleeds through to people who are just irrationally believing that there's voter fraud. Like not just, I'm not, I'm the kind of person who's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'd say I'm agnostic with a lot of things. I don't believe in a God, but I also don't believe there, I, I also believe there's a chance there is a God, right? It's like, it's possible there could be a thing. There's not enough evidence for me to believe there's a God, but there's no reason for me to also believe there isn't one. The same thing with like voter fraud. Uh, I fully believe it's incredibly impossible for voter fraud to happen. I'm somewhat biased because I hate Trump, so maybe there are a lot of people that are willing to turn a deaf ear to this because they want to get him out of the office. Or there's the complete possible possibility that there's normal voter fraud, like, you know, small cases of six, you know, there's a, like two two cases of voter fraud um, in like one state or one city that was oversold. I think there was six, six ballots in another city, another state. Um, that's normal stuff where mistakes are going to happen. It's not necessarily intentional voter fraud. It could just be like normal mess ups that happen uh, because you have millions and millions of pe billions of people trying to vote for the leader. And this is the biggest participation, voter partici participation that we've had. So biggest voter participation that we've ever had on top of the biggest voting uh, mail-in ballots on top of a pandemic there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be like people who are going to take advantage of this and do fraud. They might not be affiliated with either president. They might be a, a liberal or they might be a Republican, but that does not mean that they're affiliated with the president. So there's so many nuances to this situation that people like, it's fine to have your conspiracy theories, whatever, believe what you want, but without facts, you can't just act like and, and preach that this is, the reality that's happening it's like you can't say oh trump is trying to you know stop all these people like biden is doing voter fraud and all of his people are doing it you can't just say that without any sort of actual evidence just because someone you trust is saying that it's like oh my mom said you know it's like my mama said my mama said in the water boy right to colonel sanders yeah. it's like you don't have yeah. any actual evidence other than your mama said that's not valid information and we also know that most media sources have several times made mistakes over these last uh, this last election cycle so it's like you can't completely believe them because they have made mistakes it's it's smart to be skeptical regardless of whatever political affiliation you are in my opinion yeah um it's it's funny we were talking uh did you know that uh, in germany there was uh the they used the term lying press or well you know there's you know translation of it i can't pronounce it and i'm be afraid to <laughs> yeah. I don't speak German at all uh, but it, they 
they use the term lying press to like discredit the media mm. um and it, it's it's funny like we can look at a lot of stuff in our recent history and, and just you know there's a lot of little steps that look very similar you know history repeats itself and you know like there's a formula for shutting down a open society and that formula there's a lot of pieces that have kind of gone back into it it's like it's scary honestly it's scary to see the state of the world and the the division that is being created mm-hmm. um, and you know I'm I am not saying I'm right on this I if you have sources to to show me that counteract my beliefs I'll read them I'll you know I, I look into that stuff I enjoy learning to the extent that like when I figure out uh, I'm wrong and how I'm wrong I, I enjoy fixing it and mm-hmm. I'll be the first to apologize like that's not a it's not a thing but like I I don't want to see us go down the path of Germany and you know just being taken over by uh, by political views yeah and divided to the point to where we don't trust our neighbors like we're already there you know what I mean like it's it's worse than it's ever been in my lifetime yeah I feel like we're only a couple of bad days away from one of us having banners on our arms you know, uh, yeah. but uh, I, I don't, I, we have these, I have these conversations so that we can learn and grow. And I think, you know, these, during this election cycle, I've gotten a lot more cynical about the world because I'm just frustrated with, uh, I have high expectations of, of our country and of, of the people and of myself. And we're not meeting those expectations as a, as a nation, um, as people, as individuals. Uh, I, I think in order for us to make progress it's like I, i'm not going to sit here and complain for the sake of complaining i that's that goes against one of my personal philosophies if you're complaining about something then for enough time you need to do something about it and and that's for me what that's what this podcast is is talking about these points of views and then playing devil's advocate against ourselves and and just trying to look at things from different points of views the best that we can and then hoping that the listeners do their part to join the conversation because we're not going to heal if we keep uh complaining to each other we're not going to heal if we keep bitching about the leader it's the same issue that i've had in in workplaces where it's like if you have a boss you don't like or a workplace where you don't like you have two options you can leave or you can make it better um anything else you're just contributing to the problem and i'm not trying to shame anybody i'm not trying to make you you know accuse you of being a bad employee or a bad bad citizen but it the the fact of the matter is you you can make things better if you put in effort and time it's not going to be huge or dramatic for everybody but if you don't do anything you're just you're you're dead weight essentially i don't know how else to put it so you know join the conversation let us know what you think um be open-minded and and share your point of view to the best of your ability give me context if context matters that's why i try to share my 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 stories of my past so that you see so i can paint a picture of how i see the world you know, it's incredibly important for you to see how I see things and how I got to my conclusion. 
so that you can see that like when I'm talking, I'm not trying to attack anybody. I'm not trying to be condescending, but it's like, this is how I see the world. And unless you have valid points as to why I'm wrong, um, you know, I'm willing to hear you. But if you don't give me valid points, I'm not going to see that as true or as a valid argument or a different way of seeing things. Because sometimes there is no I'm right, you're wrong. Sometimes it's I'm right, you're right. Sometimes we're both wrong. Um, and there's a better way of seeing things, but we don't know that unless we hear each other out without judgment um, and with open ears and open minds. So that's, I think that's a good stopping point for me. Uh, anything else you want to add to that conversation? No, um, I think that that's a very good point. Um, to, to one last thing like that a lot of people do when they're like having a conversation is that they will listen in order to respond rather than listening in order to understand. Yes. And I, I feel like that's something that I've, I've always tried to not do. Uh, I'm not always the best at it because it, you know, it's, it's, it takes effort to actually listen to someone and understand their words, understand their context and develop your own feelings about it. Uh, that's, that takes effort. Uh, but I feel like that's a good practice for having good conversation. I agree. Um, uh, and th that's all I really wanted to add. Hey guys, Philosopher here. Thanks again for being part of the conversation. I know this is very far off from the main topics that I usually cover in FGC philosophy, uh, but again, this is something that's incredibly important to me and it's hard for me to really process and think about a lot of other fighting game stuff. I do still follow it, I do still think about it, but it's just, I haven't found a way to put it back into my content yet. And so until I figure out how to uh, start making content again for fighting games, uh, I. I will cover it when I get some guests on the show, but I've been really enjoying processing, talking about, and sharing these conversations about some very important topics that I've been thinking about. Uh, and I want to continue to get better at talking about these topics, be more informed, uh, get people talking to me, maybe get some experts in these fields. So uh, hopefully this is entertaining and thought-provoking. Uh, I'd prefer it to not be triggering to anybody. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, let me know in the comments. Reach out to me on social media. I'll have links down below. Uh, I also have a link to the debate that I referenced in this video. And if I can find anything else, I will try to post that in the show notes as well, but until next time, I will see you all in the next one.